swords and candle art to spark souls and charge souls to cross roads and bandits are catacombs and giant doors protect the chest of stores and legendary items with the dragon bones and iron it's ores. a grand theft of elk scrolls simon's quest the tone earl rock shoes to every clue keeps the exit gaming news the potus needs some bad dudes to crash crew like bandicoot all shit a game in english control nations Control issues. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, yes y'all. y'all. What well, is this control issues? I am the AMC. And this is A Dub. We are control issues. And we're coming at you live. <laughs> Sorta. <laughs> <laughs> no, what you want to do is you want to go to control-issues.com, uh, download it, subscribe to it, rate it, review it, look for us on your your preferred podcast provider, look for control issues and we should pop up. We'll be there for you if you call us out. Go to Twitter at my control issues is the handle. And you can also go to twitch.tv slash control issues pod where we put up gameplay videos for your viewing pleasure. AMC, how you live? Living good, fresh off of Black History Month. Um, as as I told you in the pre-show, I watched Coming to America for Women's Heritage Month, which mm-hmm. is March. So yeah, keep it keeping it going. Watch a movie for every month. Um, Watch <laughs> <laughs> uh, yourself, hey Dev. How you been? Hanging in there, settling in. Hung up some more artwork. You know, got this. Got this place looking a little bit more like your boy. Just trying to play video games where I can. Make sure I'm doing my job effectively so I can keep it. You know, getting gouged by these adult bills in the world of life, you know, getting the car serviced and fixed up. Other than that, nothing crazy. You know how it is. Yeah, as the one benefit is you do not have to drive as as often as you used to, which is kind of nice. Oh, at all. Like, yeah. I, I don't, <laughs> the only thing I have to do is move my car, like, on Monday and Tuesday. Hey, just move it to the mechanic and back. <laughs> like, really just have to move it on Tuesday, if I get a Tuesday spot. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about a car wash or not a car wash, but street cleaning. Yeah, street cleaning. That'd be great if they did just drive by and wash your car. <laughs> <laughs> just hose like, it down. Least, at least a rinse. Yeah. Yeah. Like they have they have the suds truck followed by the water truck and then the uh, the wiping truck. <laughs> it's just dudes with their arms sticking out making circles. <laughs> That'd be a dope ass job. <laughs> now you see, if we were taxing the rich like we were supposed to, we could have things like this. Yes, we could have things. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Um, but hey, Dove, what have you been playing? So, been just digging in as much as I can into uh, Curse of the Dead Gods. When we last spoke, I believe I had just started playing, and now that we're speaking today, I can tell you that I'm getting close to the end of playing this game because I finished out all the level two dungeons, finished out all the level three dungeons. Now I have the final dungeon, which is like a hybrid of all the challenges that I just run through repeatedly on my way up to it. So in the level one dungeons, you had you pick your your path through a series of rooms. You eventually get to the final boss, which is the first boss in that particular dungeon type. So you do that, you go back to the beginning, start over. Level two dungeon, you have two of those room, you, you have two of those like progressions to go through. And you fight the first boss, then you fight the second boss, go back to the beginning, start on level three. Level three one, you have three levels and you get to the final boss of that dungeon type. So there are three dungeon types of which I've gone through all of that with them. Now in the final dungeon type, each each like segment, you have to fight the final boss of one of the other dungeon types. So on top of that, within 
the pathways to that to those individual fights you also have the the first two bosses of a particular area so if you plot your path correct well not correctly but if you plot your path in a particular way you can actually fight all nine bosses and then you get to the final final boss and apparently that thing has at least two phases uh, i managed to get all the way up to that get through its first phase and i got its first phase completely figured out so it'll be easier next time second phase i kind of see what's going on and managed to put me down right as i was figuring things out so i'm excited to get back in there and possibly put this game down today if not within the next couple of days but all in all like i'm really enjoying it i definitely have my preferred loadout which is the claw weapons with the with the whip whip lets lets me get a hit in from a distance pluck an enemy out of a group use the claws beat him up a little bit hit him with the the combo offhand finisher for the whip which swings it around so i hit everything within my immediate area and you know just wash rinse repeat and yeah man it's it's awesome so i'm just stacking my resources i've unlocked almost all the weapons I need to finish upgrading all the altars so I can have the best starting weapons possible. Uh, the daily ch challenges are a good change of pace because those, those puts you in the familiar dungeon areas, but under more strict conditions. So, you know, you play some, some of the daily challenges, you end up going back to the regular game and it feels like a cakewalk because you, you're just playing regular instead of having like, Oh, all the traps are active all the time or, you know, you, you burn in the light, <laughs> that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's it's nice to put those kind of pressures on you to make you play at a higher level so that when you do go back to the regular game, you can really just dig in there and focus. So I'm enjoying it, looking forward to finishing it and probably starting up Deep Sky Derelicts right afterwards. So I'll let you know how that goes. But AMC, what have you been playing? Uh, keeping it with two games, still moving that Super Mario 3D world. Um, we put down another world, I believe world three, four, maybe it was, it was an ice world, a lot of snow, a lot of slipperiness. Um, this is actually where we started to first run into our first real level of difficulty in the game. Up until now, we've kind of just been running through the levels, having a good time, trying to find the stars. But like the times we died is usually because we're accidentally grabbing each other and throwing. Like I'd grab Marissa and throw her off the side of the map on accident. <laughs> Things on <laughs> on accident. Yeah, <laughs> always on accident. You know? um, <laughs> yeah, they added this thing in the game where um, so you get points every time you play through a level, and whoever has the most points by the end of the level, they get a crown, which you then get to carry into the next level. And then so you're kind of. You're playing with each other co-op, but you're also trying to get more coins, take out more enemies in order to get more points so then you can have the crown for the next round. <laughs> uh, so I think because of that, it adds a layer of competitiveness that has us every now and then doing things that we maybe wouldn't have done in the other Mario games. But because you're rushing, you're not as cautious and, you know, friendly fire every now and then can 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 knock a player out um other than that yeah but we, we reached the snow world we hit a level where we ended up dying a bunch of times to the point where the game kind of let us know like so you know um when you do lose run out of all your lives uh you can then go back to all the uh like the toad houses and the the casino mini games in order to build up your lives and and power-ups um and we still had like 10 lives left to go at that point and we ran through those lives in like two seconds so i guess the game probably from like beta testing yada yada they know that this area is when it gets pretty tough or they know when somebody's on a trajectory to lose all their lives to let them know not to give up <laughs> so quickly but yeah we we lost our lives continued came back and handled that world and we pushed through took out the boss of that world and now we're on to bigger and better things there uh, it is. with fire emblem uh still pushing forward in that that game is uh continuing to baffle me to make me second guess my decisions uh, because as I mentioned in the previous episode, there was, um, there was a, a huge 
a huge choice that had to be made that would drastically change the trajectory of the game. I made that choice. And after playing, you know, a few hours after that, started questioning that choice. <laughs> and it, it's strange because when I talked to, basically I had to choose a side and I went with, I went with a side and without giving away spoilers. And so when I'm talking to my side, like the people there are all good they all seem well-intentioned and yada, yada. But then when it comes to strategy, it's invade this place, take out these people, take over this land. They will subjugate to us. So, you know, the, the as, as usual, the, the company seems pretty evil, but the personnel seem on the, seem to be on the up and up. <laughs> and uh, in this case, yeah, like just some of the decisions, I'm just like, I don't know if this is how I would play things out, but you all seem to have like the best of intentions and I agree with your motives is just um, questioning some of these actions and it's even getting um, like the, I guess there's an even more gray area in that. So the people you start out with kind of everybody, you have all the classes, you have the church of Saros, yada, 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 and all the kingdoms, they all come together in this monastery at the beginning of the game. And then at some point you have to start picking sides. And so as far as the game, where the game began, I was cool with everybody, really friendly with everybody. And now that sides had to be chosen I am now up against those people that I was friends with early on in the game. And they seem to be cool as well. Like they're not like just evil. They just decided to go on that side. And then I battle them. And when I take them out, they literally die. Like they have their, they have their slow death animation. They, they give their final words and, and you see their side of the characters that I was also friends with reacting to that. Um, and so it's just, I, if the game is kind of just, making you question like or just getting into kind of the uh the the heavier sides of war and the, the gray areas and how it's not black and white and blah 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 it's doing that very effectively because i am just sitting here at times like damn i kind of like that person and now i just had to take them out because they weren't aligned with my uh, with my philosophy <laughs> so that's kind of weird um so yeah that game continues to be the absolute shit oh yeah. hey dub Let's get into the topics of the week. Top topics of, of the week. week. Oh, you, you leading off, off or am I leading off? You can lead off, a Dub. I'm gonna lead it off, AMC. We're gonna start with a little, a little cultural news, a little world news, Aww. a little Japanese news, a little Aww. sucker punch news. What? 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 Yes, coming to you from VGC Video Games Chronicle. They're saying that the Ghost of Tsushima developers are being made permanent ambassadors of the real island of Tsushima. Yes, yes, that's awesome. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, the mayor of Tsushima says that, uh, let's see, what are these guys' names? Uh, Jason Connell and Nate Fox, the game director and creative director of the games, not respectively. Uh, Fox and Connell spread the name and history of Tsushima to the whole world in such a wonderful way. Even a lot of Japanese people do not know the history of the Ginkgo period. When it comes to the world, the name and location of Tsushima is literally unknown. So I cannot thank them enough for telling our story with such phenomenal graphics and profound stories. Uh, the conditions of their ambassadorship is that they are ambassadors until they decide they no longer want to be, <laughs> which is pretty awesome. So congratulations to Sucker Punch, Nate Fox, and Jason Connell, Excellent job. Outstanding game. AMC, how does this news make you feel inside? Uh, it makes me feel warm and fuzzy on the inside. Yeah, this is somewhat of a follow-up. Um, I did a story like maybe a month or so ago how uh, the island of Tsushima had raised um, – a ton of money through a GoFundMe from Ghost of Tsushima fans for, I believe, a shrine that was, um, I guess, not destroyed, but you know, like damaged yeah. and uh, and being lost to time. Yeah, exactly. And so we're just seeing this uh, connection to this uh, this area of Japan through this video game continue to grow uh, from a game that people said was an Assassin's Creed clone and was getting buried mm-hmm. by was going to get buried by the last of us too mm-hmm. <laughs> the story it was, get, it was getting sent out to die yeah uh, 
when they hadn't shown any footage, uh, <laughs> getting worried about this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the legend of this game continues to to grow, and I even think it's a it's a smart move because who knows where they could go with a. Um, we've seen the success of Ghost of Tsushima, and almost guaranteeing that there will be a sequel. And depending where they decided to hold that game, uh, if it stays in Tsushima, possibly like this is a smart move. Um, from the island itself just being that they're going to want to do more research maybe want to tap into more locations within the island or within the air within the region and making them ambassadors um just gives them more access uh to then possibly using a sequel so i think it's it's almost a joint partnership at this point i'm sure sony had some hands in this um you know because they're yeah behind this and so yeah it just it seems uh it seems a good connection between the Western and Eastern regions of the world. Exactly. It just shows you get again another facet of the power of video games to unite people from different walks of life on the same path. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get into our next topic of the week. Top topic of the week. You got anything? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do this. All right. We're going to lead off with an EA story, a dub uh, this is a follow-up because there are usually never follow-ups when it comes to these things. You know, people get mad at EA. EA's in hot water. Uh, stocks, stock usually takes a dip. Then that's followed up by a class action lawsuit. And then we all move on. <laughs> so this is actually a follow-up to one of their class action lawsuits coming by way of one, one of them. <laughs> yeah, one of many. Uh, this is by way of gamesindustry.biz. Dynamic difficulty uh, loot box lawsuit against EA dropped. So let's get right into this. The class action lawsuit EA faced over the use of patented dynamic difficulty adjustment tech has been dropped. The case centered around the accusation that EA was using dynamic difficulty adjustment, which uses AI to adjust difficulty throughout a gaming session to push people towards buying loot boxes. They try to make me buy stuff. This, this AI is wonky. Uh, let's see. So this is in EA's defense. EA has stated the intention of this technology is to prevent players from becoming too bored or frustrated with the challenge a game presents in order to keep them playing. However, a dub, the plaintiffs believed it was used to compel players to buy <laughs> <laughs> to buy more player packs in FIFA, Madden, NHL's ultimate team mode, suggesting the AI was preventing high stat players from performing as well as they should. Suggesting that these players knew anything about the code that this game was utilizing yeah. <laughs> what it was capable of. It's like Tom Brady is not being Tom Brady. Pat Mahomes is not rifling the ball down the field like how he should be. I'm not winning. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, Yeah, here we go. So EA claims that after seeing the technical information provided and speaking with engineers, it was proved that there was no such use of DDA or similar scripting in ultimate team modes. Uh, This coming from EA, while EA does own a patent for DDA technology, that technology never was in FIFA, Madden, or NHL and never will be. Damn. (laughs) The publisher still faces... Two class action lawsuits over the use of loot boxes in its sports games, one in the U.S. and one in Canada, both of which argue that randomized monetization mechanic violates gambling laws. Uh, So, A-Dub, I present this to you. How often do you question the motives of AI in your gaming experiences? (laughs) (laughs) I can't think of one game where I thought the AI was actively working against me more than it's already designed to do so because it is a game that's trying to defeat you. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) The problem with that is when it does defeat you, you can't then go and blame that on some fictional technology that isn't even present inside the game. Like I alluded to earlier, it's like these people are suggesting that they know what's in the code and what it does when they don't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and you notice it's always... Seemingly, it's always when it comes to difficulty as far as a game being harder. It's never a game's easier. Oh, what is this shitty AI? It's always, oh, the difficulty's harder. So they're either trying to get me to grind more or they're trying to push me towards monetization. (laughs) It's only when it comes to difficulty uh, is when people question it. It's only when it comes to difficulty. And it's 
it's the same old excuse that it's always been, even before the advent of AI and video games. Like even as far back as Nintendo, Super Nintendo, you remember those kids in the neighborhood where you're just whooping that ass and they pull the plug. Like, oh, oh, you didn't know you didn't beat me or dudes who just keep losing like, oh, the game cheated. The game cheated me. (laughs) It's it's those it's those kids that became adults that are now trying to pretend as if they understand what's working under the hood in a game as if they have the precision to be able to measure the difference between the grind and difficulty of two different games, even if they played them back to back. It's like, dude, how can you say one game is harder or grindier than another game when they're different games? They're not even, they're not the same game. They do different things. They present different challenges. They have different balances. They have different tweaks. Like, it, yeah, it may be more difficult probably because you aren't used to it and you have to learn how to play something that you think you understand in a way that you don't fully understand just yet. And that's bothering you. Or maybe you're just not as good as you used to be. Maybe the little young kids are just putting it on you. Maybe the game itself is more challenging than you remember. Maybe your reflexes are dulling. Like it, it comes back to the gamer assuming that they themselves are perfect and unchanging. (laughs) that's the only way that this stuff works like we're getting old man (laughs) we need to enjoy these days appreciate that your your play style and your skill levels are changing because you're getting older like it's i'm gonna miss the days when i was in my prime but i love the days now where mentally i'm just so experienced and knowledgeable about games that i get more out of them even though i'm not necessarily as good at them i don't know amc how do you feel about it yeah i mean um i would say also whenever it comes to multiplayer games and i'm questioning difficulty typically i'm questioning if another player is using some type of cheat as opposed to is the game giving that player some unfair advantage just because the AI is favoring them in that moment. Like uh, most of the times you can typically tell the AI, which is some type of like aim assist, yada, 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 but it's rarely, Oh, they got a snipe from the other side of the map on a shot where they didn't even see me in their screen, but somehow the, the cursor just jumped right to my character mm-hmm. as they're as they're peeking around the corner. Uh, those things are typically more questionable than, if anything, like the AI just trying to give somebody a competitive advantage because they they bought something within the game. And so usually I'm I'm questioning other players and not necessarily the game itself. Um, and that's usually when my experiences get somewhat ruined. Like when I think about like Overwatch at times when you're just like. Yeah, I don't know about that Widowmaker headshot <laughs> that just happened, or that Widowmaker bunny hopping, <laughs> grappling hooking headshot. Yeah, like from like, across the map. Yeah, the things along those lines, I I always question, especially once like I see like that kill screen, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, but uh, uh yeah, but I feel like people are always looking to the developer to say that there's some there's something within the design of the game that is forcing me to have this experience. Um, and, you know, like, it's always there within the game. That's also, like, the other part where they talk about, like, a game has AI that's intentionally making it more difficult. And EA was basically, like, they're saying that, yeah, the AI's intention was to, I guess, like, kind of change up the experience if somebody was getting bored with it. And, you know, you think about, like, games like Mario Kart, where you get in first and the game suddenly starts sending blue shells your way <laughs> and things on those lines. Like, that's in other games where it ramps up the difficulty if you're doing too well. So that's not a new thing, necessarily. But because there's monetization, people will use that as the scapegoat for why the game is getting difficult. Why hasn't Mario Kart been burned down? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Like there there are studies on the (laughs) algorithm that produces the item yield depending on where you are in a Mario Kart race. Yeah. If you're in last place, you're getting blue shells. If you're in first place, you're getting green shells. <laughs> yeah. You're getting a banana pill. Yeah. In last place, you're getting you're getting more boosts. Like you're getting everything to help you get out of last place. Exactly. Um, so yeah, there's always been AI to kind of hold back 
people that are front running a little too much and to assist people who are behind. That's that's just in games in general. Um, it, but yeah, because of monetization, it's now forced people to question, are they favoring the whales as opposed to, is this just something that was baked into the game and it's poor design choice? <laughs> They're trying to milk me for my money. Yeah. But what you got for the next story, Adam? Next topic of the week. Top topic of the week. Uh, little little quick hit. The Division Two is actually a follow up to stories from earlier in this year. Uh, so we all know Division Two. They were originally thinking about moving on to Division Three. They they said there were no more updates for Division Two coming, no more title updates. Then they changed course as Ubisoft announced that they're making a shift away from AAA titles. With that came the news that the Division Two will be getting. Uh, at least one more new title update following up to that story we see that division two will get a brand new game mode in late 2021 at the earliest so what they're well while the team didn't reveal too much what they did tease is that the new game mode will be something entirely new to the franchise furthermore the team is investigating new ways to progress your agent with an emphasis on increasing build variety and viability according to ig so, to me, that suggests that maybe we'll get a loot 3.0 system, uh, something with, you know, maybe they'll add a new attribute or something like that. Maybe they're adding new items, new equipment and gear. I, honestly, just the idea that they were going to put another title update was enough to get me back into the game. I'm definitely going to fire it up at some point. Also, looking forward to taking advantage of that free upgrade for PS5 when I can eventually get one of those. Lord willing. Uh, AMC, how do you feel about the Division 2 getting some more support pretty soon? I love it. Um, yeah, the follow-up to the other story where they mentioned the PS5 updates coming and um, just more content coming down the line and then we see this new mode coming. Um, I had like I think it was like a long time ago, it was like months ago, but I sent you a text where it's that guy sitting at the uh, table and like people just changed the caption saying, convince me of this thing. Yeah. And it was a guy, he was sipping his cup of coffee and it said, uh, was it a uh, division two warlords in New York was re- uh, really supposed to be division three. Try to convince me I'm wrong. And Damn. yeah. And I, I'm seeing this continued support and it kind of makes sense the way that, Bungie is handling uh, Destiny moving forward that maybe Ubisoft and I believe that we had covered a story about how they said they plan on scaling back on their AAA production. Um, And so maybe this is them saying that, hey, the community is still tapped into Division 2. So you know what? Why not just continue to update Division 2 for next gen, keep them around, and just build on this foundation that we already have? And so I, I, I almost feel like these updates that are slowly trickling out is is Ubisoft maybe possibly moving in that direction. And I, I kind of applaud that. Hopefully, maybe we'll hopefully we will get an announcement of a further expansion for PlayStation 5 as opposed to Division 3. And then once they have the game fully updated with all, all the new bells and whistles and classes and all that stuff then they can possibly pump out a division three but i like this route of continuing to support division two because um one thing that we know and love is the blizzards continued support of diablo three and just some of the moves that they made even with the reaper of souls and just uh loot 2.0 and all that good stuff that that you had mentioned in the past um and so yeah seeing that possibly coming to division two i think is a, a, a solid move for a solid game Oh, yeah. Let's get to the next topic of the week. Top topic of the week. Got another little quick hit here. Some some real easy. Uh, coming from IGN, it's Diablo 2 News. Just letting players know that uh, if you still have access to your original Diablo 2 saves, you'll be able to use them in the remaster. Uh. <laughs> 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 uh, let me see. Uh, Let's see, according to this blurb, it said, back when we were working on the remaster, we wondered if the old save files would work, and we kind of shoved it in, and it worked. We were like, okay, that's the best feature ever. <laughs> <laughs> so this means players will be able to pick up where they left off if they still have access to the files with all of the audiovisual upgrades exclusive to the remaster in tow. So, AMC, do you, do you think you're going to be 
going in the garage, going to your mom's garage, looking for the old PC. Get the get those DAT files. All those save get files. those dot DLLs. <laughs> the kernels. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I I'm pretty sure I've burned that laptop that I had when I was playing this game originally. <laughs> um, so yeah, who knows where that? There might be some guy in a in a wasteland who stumbles across uh, my hard drive with all types of what is it uh incriminating things on there <laughs> and possibly a, Divi- a diablo 2 save file but yeah i'll have to start from scratch but that's a great nod to the people who have stuck with it because you know those people have been playing this game and trying to keep it up to date as much as possible been holding on to my save file uh, finally it's <laughs> on so the off chance and get a remaster yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a Who's story. the fool now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they asked me why I would do this. Now who's laughing? <laughs> Call me crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah let's move. No, I don't have yeah. to start from scratch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh mercy! All right, next topic of the week. Top topic, topic of the, of the week. week. Uh, let's see. I got a. Let's, let's jump into the PlayStation Store. We got the PlayStation Store top downloads of February for the U.S. and Canada. Mm-hmm. For PlayStation Five, we're going to do top ten. Um, number one for the PlayStation Five, FIFA Twenty One, because everybody likes soccer. Yeah, especially when the AI is trying to make you buy shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> number two, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. That makes sense. Number three. Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales. Oh, still moving. They called it DLC. <laughs> yep. Uh, number four, Madden NFL 21. Number five, NBA 2K21. Number six, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Mortal Kombat 11. Number eight, Hitman 3. Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege. And number 10, A-Dub, Demon Souls. They love All right. software. All mm-hmm. right. Uh, let's see, PlayStation 4, top 10. Number one, Grand Theft Auto 5. Number two, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Number three, Minecraft. NBA 2K21. Number five, Little Nightmares 2. Red Red Dead Redemption 2. FIFA 21. Number eight, Persona 5 Strikers, because, because people love that muzo. Number nine, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. And 10, Ark Survival Evolved. I still don't know what Ark Survival is. Um, uh, it's kind of a, it's a, it's a survival game with dinosaurs. Oh shit! It's like Turok but survival. But, oh, and speaking of Turok, I believe uh, the Turok games are on the PlayStation Store. Mm-hmm. The original ones. Yeah, I was very tempted to get Turok <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, I get it just to shoot somebody in the neck with an arrow. See that blood splurt out. <laughs> Oh man, it's just running around those big open levels with dinosaurs and you got plasma rifles yes. <laughs> and all kind of like exploding arrowheads. Like yes. Turok was Turok was what I had hoped first person shooters would eventually become one day. Like this is insane. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so much content, so much stuff you can do, and then they just started getting more realistic and like the Call of Duties took over, and then the battlefields right along with that, Medal of Honor. It's just man, we really lost our our like pathway into truly next level stuff. I mean, granted, we we still have the likes of Borderlands Three, so that's awesome. But I think like Turok represented something a very different vision for the genre of first person shooters. Yeah, it was, it was in that sweet spot of the N64 great first-person shooters, like was a 007, got Turok, there's a Perfect Dark, there's just a bunch of great first-person shooters, and they all just went by the wayside. <laughs> um, uh, let's see, uh, PSVR, Top 2, Beat Saber, and Job Simulator, and Free-to-Play for PS3, PS5 and PS4. Number one, Call of Duty Warzone, and number two, Fortnite. And let's move on to the next topic of the week. Topic of the week. How much is Turok? <laughs> 20 bucks. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it came out on uh, February 24th. Turok 2 was my shit, though. Yes. Turok 2. <laughs> also, 20 bucks. How much is this Turok bundle? 30 bucks. <laughs> Damn. That'll be on sale in no time. Yeah. <laughs> and then we strike. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Just waiting for your buy point. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's move into the next topic of the week. Topic of the week? What you got? Well, what I've got is there's an announcement of an open world third person Dungeons and Dragons RPG that is currently in development. Uh, the developer is Hidden Path Entertainment. And if that sounds familiar to you, then you must have been someone who was in the Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Uh, this was a game that Hidden Path Entertainment worked on in conjunction with Valve. Their next title is a AAA third-person open-world fantasy RPG that will be taking place inside of the Dungeons & Dragons franchise. This was announced via their Twitter as they were, you know, calling given sounding the dinner bell for some of the jobs necessary to bring that project to life specifically graphics programmers lead graphics programmers senior technical artists and writers uh, if you're any of those kinds of folk you might want to head on over to hidden path website submit that resume and lend your hands in making what we hope might be one of the best games ever uh, this is going to be built on the Unreal Engine 4. So, you know, there's some standardized level of quality going on there. I imagine it'll probably be isometric. I hope it will be. I really hope they, I really hope they take notes from Larian and make something, like, you know, don't completely copy and bastardize their formula, but stay within the the boundaries of what that set forth and you should be all right you know we're we're seeing a big resurgence of tactical turn-based games i really hope this is one of them uh, ultimately i just hope it's good and whatever ideas that they have shine through and come together well amc what does this news do for you it just makes me happy uh seeing that we're getting more of the, these D style games yeah larian definitely set the bar with divinity uh can't wait to see what they do with boulders gate 3 oh. yes and um yeah and seeing that uh we're getting a and influenced or style game um I, hopefully maybe they'll bring something different something new but also something that is familiar with everything that we love so far that's been developed in the uh as you were saying the tactical turn-based genre that we've seen from some games that are games that are coming out and games that have been out as of late and so yeah this um this is a great announcement just need to see need to see the game now just need to see uh, a trailer and i need to let this this cat in the room <laughs> yes i we'll move to the next topic of the week top topic, topic of, the of the week, week. Yes. Uh, this might have been on your plate, but I'm taking it off your plate. So you yes. Can look at the door. Yeah. Epic Games. They're making moves. They're making acquisitions. They're trying to bolster the library. They're trying to improve their stable. So this news coming via IGN. Epic Games has acquired Fall Guys developer Media Tonic. So, yes, Epic Games is officially acquired. Tonic Games Groups, the development company behind Fall Guys. Uh, that's about the extent of the news. There's some speculation going on online, aka trolling. The people thinking that they're going to pull Fall Guys from Steam and only offer it exclusively through the Epic Game Store, the Epic Launcher. Uh, that remains to be seen at the moment. Enjoy Fall Guys if it really means that much to you. But if it doesn't, quit trying to stir the pot. AMC. How does this news rally you up? Um, I mean, I always like to see a developer rewarded. I see. Um, there's only thing I'll add. Uh, so, furthermore, Epic has said your favorite color, colorful beans will still stumble through the chaos on PC, PlayStation, and soon Nintendo Switch and Xbox. So, that hasn't affected um, the game being ported to other consoles. 
Mediatonic also revealed that Fall Guys team has al- has already grown from 35 to 150. Mediatonic promised that your gameplay isn't changing <laughs> and that this acquisition will help them bring a ton of features already seen in Fortnite and Rocket League, other games owned by Epic. So, um, yeah, we're seeing this move uh, by Epic to get behind these games that have found a way to really connect with the greater community. Um We've, we've seen with the success of Fortnite and then the the success of Rocket League when that um, launched on PS Plus to now to the point where it's free to play. Um, they seem to get behind these games that end up having just this groundswell of support. And um, yeah, it, it makes sense. And as Epic gets bigger and people start to worry more about the Epic Game Store, people are going to always have their questions, but it seems like they're saying all the right things as far as you'll st- still be able to play this game wherever you want or at least in the places that you have been enjoying them in the places that we've promised um to come and so yeah these epic seems to want their games to be as big as possible yes they do want people on the epic game store but um once a game has already received some type of success they're not going to step in and try to find a way to funnel it only to one source (laughs) (laughs) um and so i know people are always going to be worried but um them being picked up, I always, especially with acquisitions, I always look at it as a good thing for a developer. They don't have to worry about where they get their money from now. And as long as it's not a developer that's trying to, you know, have them do things that are nefarious in order to, you know, better monetize the game as people so worry about, uh, I always think it's a good thing. And so, yeah, um, getting behind Epic or having Epic get behind them as a publisher, I think will only help to grow this studio. Yeah. Let's move to the next topic of the week. Top, top, top topic of the week. What you got, AMC? I am all topped out, A-Dub, so you got the you got the next stories. I got the next story. Just a little story, a little minor one. We got a, a little leak. Got a sprung a leak somewhere. Mm-hmm. Some information got out. Uh, people have been clamoring for it forever, and somehow we managed to get a hold of an Elden Ring trailer. Oh, I thought that game was done. Thought it was done. I mean, the footage is pretty rough. Looks like somebody filmed it on a cell phone from their pocket sideways. <laughs> <laughs> and I imagine it was an internal video that wasn't meant for public display, or they probably would have shown it by now. You know, it looks it looks a little rough visually, which you would expect from something that you haven't seen before. And you know. Definitely could have used some some final polish. However, what it did show looked like it was coming together, man. They got environments. They got they got you riding a horse. <laughs> they, got, <laughs> they got mounted combat. I'm seeing some big, unique enemies. I'm seeing interesting, interesting locations. So, I mean, the game exists, which is what people wanted to verify. And you know, once I imagine that once they show us what they want us to see and have it ready for presentation, it'll be a much different story. Like It's going to be night and day compared to what was already leaked. And then it's there, there's just so many layers of separation when you look at something like that. Because like I said, it's filmed in somebody's pocket, sideways, on a phone. It doesn't have any kind of final polish on it. It's off of a screen. When you see it in full HD, on your screen, formatted for your screen, and they polished it up. They've edited it the way that it they want it to come together, and like even that's a step below having it in your home and playing it on your television, doing it the way that you want to do it. So like it's a lot of people just jump on anything they can just so they can have an opinion. It's it's, it's wild. It's people needed something to talk about this week. And somebody provided it through the Elden Ring link. Uh, link. Did you happen to see it by any chance? No, nah, I didn't check it out. Um, yeah, I'm not not big on leaks. I'm usually when they're ready to show it to us, that's when that trailer will be nice and polished. They'll have all the footage that they actually want us to see to really showcase the game in its best light. So I decided to just stay away. I admire that. I took a look because I needed to see what was going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> And I saw what was going on. I like where it's going. I understand that it's in development. 
they didn't release this trailer themselves. So, you know, don't let your imagination run wild. However, you know, there are some who don't read the signs posted. <laughs> you know, there are some who just don't see the signals before they step out into the road. You know who they are. You know where they live. We got Troll of the Week. Troll of the Week. Troll of the Week. So today's trolls are coming sideways at Elden Ring from software in Hidetaka Miyazaki. <laughs> like they know somebody. But uh, we, we got some special guests on this Troll of the Week. What? <laughs> You'll see when we get to it. Yeah. Uh, first Troll says, Elden Ring looks terrible. Miyazaki finally exposed. <laughs> exposed. Finally. Exposed. <laughs> like a couple generations later. <laughs> a couple generations later. Half a dozen masterpieces later. <laughs> finally exposed. <laughs> off a leaked video that was never supposed to be shown to the public. <laughs> uh, ne- Next show says, looks like another generic open world WRPG. Yikes. <laughs> um, last I checked, those were pretty sweet. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm waiting for two or three of the biggest ones ever. <laughs> but Starfield, Elder Scrolls 6, Fallout 5. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, generic. Generic. Well, they typed it genetic, but generic. I believe they meant generic. <laughs> Next show says, wow. Already looks better than Death Stranding. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh man! And next row says gameplay looks better than Boring Stranding. What? <laughs> Where's this coming from? <laughs> so some of y'all may not be aware, but there are still some people who are a little upset about Sekiro beating out Death Stranding for Game of the Year. <laughs> so. For some reason, there's like this, this unexplainable rivalry between From Software games and Kojima games, as far as people on the internet are concerned. God, the better I wonder. I wonder how many uh, message boards had threads of should I get Death Stranding or Sekiro. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to post that thread just to see <laughs> what kind of trash I can start. I'm not going to do it though because I'm a I'm a good person. Uh, next next show says so. This must be the Switch version. Uh, <laughs> Damn. That's that's where the graphics were. <laughs> that cloud gaming. Yeah. Stadia. <laughs> next show says Hita Taco One Trick Pony Miyazaki oh. added a gig. So very exciting. Oh, <laughs> at it again, AFC. That one trick, that one um, note. best trick in the game. I hope, I hope that's that Horace has uh, the ability to straff side to side so you can circle around the guy and dodge attacks. <laughs> Next troll says, I don't know if the game will be good, but it doesn't look terrible at all, and it looks better than Death Stranding. Yeah, <laughs> coming sideways at Death Stranding. <laughs> Coach was just getting it. <laughs> Last troll says, it looks better than anything Coach has put out in the past 10 years at least. That's a pretty low bar, though. Damn. Damn. Are people Damn. looking to read uh, Miyazaki's book over Kojima's? <laughs> Damn. If Miyazaki wrote a book, I'll be all over that. I already pre-ordered. No, I didn't pre-order Kojima. It's, ooh. I got to see when those pre-orders go up. I don't want to miss that. Yeah. Getting that. I mean, dude, come on. These (laughs) games have nothing to do with each other. Elden Ring, you weren't supposed to see it like that anyway, so don't know why anybody's jumping to conclusions or forming opinions so far. We have virtually nothing to go on. So this is a matter of sitting back, relaxing, and waiting until the time is right. So AMC, you got any final words? You think you think Miyazaki smells his own farts? <laughs> they're, like, that thread. <laughs> they're like one business oriented decision away from smelling their own farts. Guaranteed. <laughs> oh, <mercy. laughs> That's all I got for the <laughs>
Only puts out hits. People complain. Only puts out hits. And been doing it before people recognize them for doing it. Like all these, all these Souls fans know nothing of Armor Core. Know nothing of Evergrace. I don't know nothing of Evergrace, but I know it exists. Yeah. <laughs> know nothing of 3D Dot Game Heroes. Uh, from software. Yes. <laughs> the best. <laughs> don't don't know about Chrome House. Don't know about Ninja Break. <laughs> <laughs> don't know about Metal Wolf Chaos. <laughs> oh. uh, you got any final stories, Ada? Nah, I am all out. So. All right. Well, this is a a fun week. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, we'll get some some meteor topics, but we still come with them topics. A dub. Do you have any final words before we get out of here? Man, just. You know, keep up the good fight. They they gonna try to take it from us, but we gotta we gotta hold on. And we gotta <laughs> we gotta protect progress. <laughs> I did we hear. It. Sorry, I was gonna say I did hear like uh, I think it was Chicago or somewhere they were trying to say that trying to put a ban on violent video games because of carjackings. Yeah, man, they <laughs> they want to ban Grand Theft Auto Five because carjackings went up, and it's like, hmm, maybe it has something to do with people being laid off and over 10% of the population being on unemployment for the first time and being stuck indoors and not being able to do shit. Like yeah. maybe people were trying to survive and that's why your cars are coming up missing. Yeah. Like if, if you're playing a video game, you're at home playing a video game. You're not stealing a car. So yeah, it's every few years, video games have to absorb the criticism and the ridicule for society's ills when it's just, yo, read the room. Like, look at the situation that's happening in front of you and quit trying to blame something you don't like for something that you should have had better control of. <laughs> well, this control issues. Suckers. Suckers.